All aboard the gravy train! Are you riding your financial planner or broker's gravy train? Your financial prospectus outlines how brokers are allowed to charge you hidden fees. Next stop, hidden fees! Want to take back control of your retirement income? Just get off at the next stop. And tune in to the Total Financial Hour with host Arif Halaby, Sundays at 11 a.m. Learn about your financial power on the Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halaby, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Halaby. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with me. The Total Financial Hour. I'm Arif Halaby. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. Talking about your family's finances, of course, getting out of debt, managing money planning for the future, things that are supposed to at least put you in the right direction. I don't know. You know, I always say that that high schools and colleges, they're just not teaching financial conversations. They're just, they, they switch from reading, writing, and arithmetic to the social justice and the manipulation where you can all sit around and complain about some part of victimhood. And you sit in the circle and, and everybody has to claim something, right? Female, black. Hispanic, Arab, Muslim, whatever we are or aren't, you understand that's the way to divide the country. We spent so long, so many years, so many Supreme Court decisions, so many laws in states and in, and in counties and in, in the federal government, rules, to make us out of many one, e pluribus unum. Probably don't have a Latin accent, but you can get the idea. Why out of many one? What does that mean? Well, it means, listen, as a, as a person who is financially savvy, you should have in your back pocket the ability to understand that money is the same color, whether it's in your pocket or mine, right? Money does not discriminate. Oh, the systematic, systemic, of, you know, people didn't even know what systemic meant. These are the same people that wanted Donald Trump's taxes and couldn't even read their own. Right, I go. They would tell me, "Oh, Eric, we got to see his tag." I go, "You can't even read your own. You've you've either been overpaying or underpaying. I can give you three things on your taxes: just just words, sayings, forms, lines. You know, line number seventeen. I don't know, and you wouldn't even know what it means. So they're just parroting back the same thing as these members of Congress. Right, that their job they're good at. What are they good at? Getting elected. They're not good at governing. They don't understand it. They don't understand just because in their district they have water issues or defense contractors or, or you know, timber or whatever. It doesn't mean they even understand that particular field. Maybe they do. But just because they were good at getting elected doesn't mean they have any clue for any idea of what, what matters or what doesn't matter. Right? You have to understand this because you're looking to them as if they're experts 
in the area in which they are speaking, and they are not. They are elected officials that are given a list of things to say and not say. And if you're not sure about that, just look. You know, look at the the news broadcast, both on the left and the right. Watch the news broadcasts that have a conversation about whatever the topic is, and they all use the same terms. You've seen those montage put together. You can go to YouTube, right? Sean Hannity does it. Everybody does it on, on the opposite side, right? They, they expose the other side. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with, with getting some guidance on, as, as if you're not an expert. Just don't act like an expert. And where we see this is when financial professionals try to run along and tell you they can do everything. Right? Oh, listen, I've got a name. I've got a title. I passed a test. Oh, oh, look, this big company that does commercials on TV. Yeah, they hired me. And what's amazing to me is every time you guys come into the office and you work with somebody, and as soon as you say the name of the company or I see the statement, I go, let me guess, you work with the vice president. They go, how did you know? I said, because everybody's a vice president there. It was a trick they did probably 40 years ago where they came along and they gave everybody the title of vice president. Now, you could be an admin assistant. You get the coffee, you print this, print the papers, you know, go get, you know, the, the um, staples. I don't know. You, you have things to do. Okay, that's fine. You're not an advisor. But if you're at any position, if you pass, quote, your probationary period, if you worked along the journey and said, I'm going to be, let me back up and tell you how it works, right? These big companies, they hire, I'm going to say 10 people. And they say, you guys have six weeks to pass your test and then six more months to get as much business as you can. And at the end, out of the 10 of you, we're going to keep three. The three with the most amount of business. And Jim here, he's going to mentor you. And his job is to teach you the tricks of the trade here at, our, at uh, you know, Smith Jones and Schwab Edwards or something. That's his job. Okay. And by the way, for those of you that are the, the seven that are left behind, we're going to keep all of the business that you brought in and you're fired. You get to keep your license. You get to keep the training, of course. But the only ones that will stay here will be the top two or three, whatever numbers they use. Everybody else, the person who trained you, he or she gets all of that business. All of those clients go under that person the manager of the office, the head trainer, whatever their, their title is. And the other six, seven of you, bye-bye. You lose. And guess what those other three are called, even though they've been licensed and working for 15 minutes? Oh, yeah, vice president. Vice president. Because everybody who comes into the firm says, I want to work with the vice president. Again, you think titles matter. Oh, uh, he's a congressman. Oh, she's a senator. That's nice. Tell me about the life before. Before somebody paid you the same paycheck, whether you showed up or not. Oh, oh, he's a governor or mayor or public, right, whatever, the city health department. Do you realize when Corona shut down the normal everyday businesses, those, quote, people with titles still got paid and nobody paid you, right? Is this not the most discriminatory thing in the world? You just sit there, look pretty, here's $1,400. I'm sorry that you're so dumb and, and, and not smart enough to get a job into politics or to work for the government. So we're going to keep your money 
And don't worry, we will give you $1,000 a week. And for a lot of people, good enough was good enough. For those of you like me with families, you're like, wait a second. I have people counting on me. And how dare people with titles walk along and say things like, oh, you are not essential. Is that not amazing? And these same people parrot the defund the police. I think we ought to reimagine and defund police. Nobody challenges them. The left came out and did that so hard, so strong. That is what they did. That is who they are. And now that it's biting them in the fanny, they say, oh, we never said that. Right? Because you just have a title. You don't have the power of knowledge. You have the power of a title. So in 1990, 1991, when I was a policeman and the riots uh, really started in 1990 in Westwood and West LA, that's where I was, I was stationed there. And as a police officer, we, we would have to break up the different, you can go back and look it up, UCLA Mardi Gras, uh, Boys in the Hood movie premiere, and the guys would come out, trash Westwood. It was almost a weekly occurrence there for a while. And then, of course, a year later, when Rodney King riots took place, you saw what the folks did. Look, they went in and they stole everything out of these stores. Toys R Us, uh, Circuit City, right on, on uh, what's it, La Cienega and the freeway there? Downtown LA, right? rich neighborhood, not too far from Beverly Hills. And you see that the riots took place across the country, all in, in numerous cities. And when I was out there in, in, in L.A., what did I see a year later? None of the stores came back. The big grocery chains are, are saying, eh, you know what, we can't do this. Today, what are they doing? I told you guys, if you don't put a stop to the progressive movement, what happened in San Francisco will happen in California. What happened in California, if you vote for Biden and Kamala Harris, you're going to get what? You're going to get California, but in the United States. So what did you see? You saw defund the police across the board. You saw them emboldened to let people walk out of stores with thousands of dollars. No shame. Forget that. That's over. There's no, there's no pride. There's no shame. They wear a mask. There's anonymity. Ten minutes later, they can take it off and be whoever they want to be. The courts are on the side of the bad guys, not just on the criminal side, but the civil. You know, what if you have a six foot two uh, college lineman standing at the door and saying, you can't do this? Oh, no, we could get sued. It's much better to let them walk out with merchandise than to be sued for $10 million for somebody who's now got chronic back and neck pain. Okay, so here's what happens. You people in the neighborhood, you guys that live in these neighborhoods. You have to now police it yourself. I'm sorry. We used to tell people that, listen, if you call the police and there's a really bad thing happening, it would take us two or three or four minutes to get there. I don't know what it is today. Maybe five or six or seven, honest to goodness, uh, depending on the city. So what are you going to do for five minutes? You're going to say, hold on, bad guy. Uh, let the police come. They're, they're, on, they're on the way. Or do you have to take care of your family? Because here's what happens. You guys that live in the center of these towns and these bad neighborhoods, 
or in the good neighborhoods where the bad guys run the show. It's simple. No stores are going to stay. Right? I remember walking into a, a, a gas station to get gas in a bad part of town once. I think it was up in Salt Lake. I walk in and it looked like I was going into, you couldn't even touch the merchandise. I had to say, hey, over there, can you get me that candy bar right over there? No, no, the one to the left, left, right there, that one. And it comes through, you know, this three-inch bulletproof glass. And you're thinking, are you kidding me? They slide the candy bar out after you pay. The person is in there is like a prison. And you say, this is what's going to happen to the groceries? Uh, right? They call it food. Uh, oh, gosh. What do they call it? Deserts. Food deserts. Pharmacy deserts. Oh, you need medicine? Sorry. So who's going to stop this? And who's going to pay for it? By the way, they're the same people. You. You might say, oh, Eric, if it doesn't matter to me, because I don't live in that part of town, do you think they're going to continue to steal from poor neighborhoods? Because those stores are shutting down, by the way, just in case you weren't sure. Those stores will be shutting down, and as they shut down, bad guys will just keep moving to the suburbs. Do you not think they're coming to your neighborhood anytime soon? Of course they are. It's you and your family that has to worry. I wish it wasn't that way. I wish I could say or be or do something different. Right? We used to tell people, listen, you're going to have to protect yourself at least for the first 10 minutes. Because by the time we get there, we might need backup. We figure out what's going on. We find out where you are. We're not going to rush into a a building without any security or protection. So we need to know all sorts of things. Five, ten minutes at least. They're pushing this stuff. Look at the city council meetings. Look at the school board meetings. It's starting to happen. You can join them. You stand up. You stand up for what's right. You stand up and call these hypocrites. You have to run against them and vote them out. Every time these clowns run around and uh, you say something and they call you a name. Oh, you're homophobic, uh, transiphobic. Come on, really? How about just treat everybody the same? And you have to stand up to these guys. Because the 5% crazies are now the 25% crazies. Because the weak-minded have followed them. That's it. It's not a secret. Everybody wants to be a victim. Why? Because everybody wants free stuff. Rob Peter to pay Paul. Right? You rob Peter to pay Paul. It's used a lot in our vernacular to talk about. You know, sorry, sorry, credit card. I can't pay you this month. I have to pay my cell bill. Hey, sorry, cell bill. I can't pay you this month. I have to pay my gas bill. Right? You take from one to pay for another because you don't have enough to pay for everything. But in the political world, in the business world, it's simple. What do we say? Well, it's kind of funny. We say things like, rob Peter to pay Paul. Oh, but don't worry. You're always going to have Paul's support. Paul, whoever's receiving the money says, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. You know, we talk about this as you have a a 12-unit building. Let's say you own some rental property, and it's by the ocean, by the beach, or up in the mountains, or right on the lake side, and it's it's a nice, small apartment building, a beautiful apartment building, and maybe you live a block away, and that apartment building's maybe been in your family forever, and you're trying to manage it. And they put something on the ballot and they say, we think we should have rent control. 
meaning we're not going to allow you to charge more than a certain amount of rent per uh, per year. You cannot go up more than a certain amount per year. Now, the 12 people in that building go, yeah, that's a good idea. And they vote, and that's 12 votes. And the one person that owns it says, but you don't understand. I have to pay more in property taxes. I have to put a new roof on. Units number four and nine, they need air conditioners. I have to put in new air conditioners. And sorry, 12 votes against one. And then they, right, the, the 12 tenants turn around and they say, oh, Arif, uh, I, I need air conditioning. Uh, my roof's leaking. They say, yeah, but, but I can't charge any more rent to anybody because they have a rule. And the rule says tough luck. So you have to ask yourself, guys, when you are voting, somebody will pay this. If you still think you're, you're Paul in the story, if you still think you're the one that's the victim in the story, the receiver of the money in the story, then fine. 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 Just know, tell your kids, don't try that hard because it doesn't pay off. Don't work that hard because you'll always be called the sucker in the story, the loser. And teach your kids to be very sensitive whenever anything happens. It's not because the restaurant is busy. It's because of their race or their gender or their appearance. It's not because they, they had a bad seat in a restaurant because maybe the host was incompetent or just busy or the restaurant was overwhelmed. No, no, no. It's because of my race, gender, ethnicity, height, weight, right? Everybody wants to, to get in on the act. Teach your kids that the moment somebody looks at them wrong or the police pull them over, it's because of what they look like, not what they did. Because, you know, you want your kids to have a fair shot. Look, in, in your family, I think you ought to call uh, the, the F word is really the word fair. Just like T is the T word in our family. You either do your best or you don't. There's no such thing as trying. It's the same thing. It's either right or wrong. Right? I mean, what's the word fair? Who gets to decide that? As soon as I hear fair this or, you know, Biden is a clown. I'm telling you, this guy is off his rocker. We know people that, that work around him. I'm telling you, he's literally lost his mind. He's a nice person, but he's like a grandpa. And he's being told what to say. I don't know. Listen, we hear reports that it's it's President Obama and Susan Wright and Valerie Jarrett, uh, Susan Rice and Valerie Jarrett that are still in the White House. Listen, Obama lives down the street. He has a skiff, apparently, a, a, reportedly a skiff inside of his house, right? One of those secret rooms where he can conduct business and do things. He's still on the top secret list, like all presidents are. They can ask for favors. They put people in the second and third positions that are now civil servants, right? They can't leave. The first position, that person can get fired. The second and third position in, in these buildings, the assistants, whatever, nope. So what happens? Because at the end of the day, if you're the retired person, you're the one with the money, right? If you're the person who's retired, it, by definition, it means you have money doesn't mean you're bad or good. It just means you have money. So when they look at something at the end of the day and say, one of you has to pay, oh, let's go to the person there with the money. It isn't going to be 
the person who has three kids, who's 32 years old, who rents an apartment or has a two-bedroom house. It just isn't enough. Here's the problem, guys. When you look at who's going to pay all of these bills, it's the same people who have the time to vote. But they're different. The distance is this. We know that that they cheated in the election. The left even admits it. They say, oh, there wasn't uh, any cheating in the election. Okay, now there was. There wasn't uh, widespread cheating in the election. Then they find out there was widespreading in Georgia and Arizona. And then they say, oh, there wasn't widespread cheating in the election that affected the outcome. That's a long way from saying there was no cheating. And now conservative groups, right, that are challenging the votes in Arizona and Florida and Sorry, Arizona and Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan. Right, there's challenges. So what do we do as a nation? I don't know the answer. What do we do? If at the end they find out that there were more votes that were that were counted towards Biden that were that were lies, that were phony. What do you do to an election? I don't know. Do you go and say, "Hey, every executive order and every political appointee that this president made now has to leave? Could be. He's going to start giving away stuff. He's going to start going to Paul again. First, he has to call you a victim. You have to go, yeah, you know what? I am a victim. You're darn right that happened to me. And you're darn right that was because I was tall, short, skinny, black, white. Yeah. And because I was my gender, race, ethnicity, height, whatever, one of these days, you need to talk to your kids. Listen, I have a friend, husband and wife. They're, they're both uh, black, conservative, and they have three kids. And they said, Eric, we've taught our kids something very important. Every time they come home with another victim uh, idea, and it comes from the teachers. Look, there are good teachers out there. I just hesitate to say that there are very, very few brave teachers. Very, very few. Because bravery is only bravery when you have something to lose. And most of them cannot afford to lose their job. So maybe, I don't know, whatever percentage doesn't agree with them. But when my friend's kids come home, he says, you're not that. You're not a victim. You're not that. And so he was constantly swimming upstream, pushing and pulling, plus one, minus two, plus two, trying to keep it above board so that his kids wouldn't come home, uh, you know, feeling entitled. Look, when the school lunch program happened last summer and they were giving out summer lunches to kids all across the country, the federal school lunch program said, well, we, we canceled school, kids are at home because of COVID, we need to give them lunch. A letter was put into every single lunch from the White House. It talked about, we're with you, times are tough. We know that that's the case. Signed President Trump. LA Unified, Los Angeles Unified School District. I don't know if it was every single place, but nearly every place, every school had a teachers arrive early to take the letters out of every single school lunch pail and throw them in the trash. Every little lunch box or lunch bag that had a letter of, of uh, comfort and guidance from the president of the United States, the teachers union pulled out of these lunches. Now think about that for a second. 
If conservatives did that to President Biden, there would be all holy hell to pay, wouldn't there? Everybody would be screaming and yelling, oh my word, I can't, how does that happen? And yet, at the same time, nobody says anything. Because the, the, the somebody who's supposed to say something is the politicians on both sides of the aisle, they're cowards. And the biggest cowards in the story, believe it or not, are those news media. The people that you see on all the same channels every night who think that they're, that they're the answer, or as Brian Stelter from CNN says, we're supposed to tell you what's real. That's our job. <laughs> really? <laughs> Why didn't you report that? All right, we're going to come back in just a minute. I want to get into pensions, because how does this affect your pension? All of this political correctness is mildly interesting. But when they start changing your pension to only invest in, quote, sustainable, non-Israeli investment... Does that affect you? Does it affect the numbers? Well, you're going to be surprised when we come back. The Total Financial Hour, 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. Be right back. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power. The Total Financial Hour. Now Arab has a plan for me. Financial security will help you. Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me. I love that song, don't you? I could listen to it all night long. I mean, I'd be alone. I wouldn't have any friends or family left, but I would still be listening to the song. <laughs> it's my favorite. Hey, guys, I want to I want to fill you in on some of the pension systems uh, that are changing and, and some things that are happening. It's it's fascinating to me. All you have to do, and, and, and look, even if you're done with college, right? You're 50, 60, 70, even if you're done, not going anymore, you need to go back and take a statistics course. Especially if you call yourself, I'm a moderate libertarian, refuse to to commit to any, you need to go and take a statistics course. And you will find out how this, I don't know what the right word is, revolution, I guess, right? When the socialists try to take over a democratic republic, it, 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 maybe it's nothing short of a revolution, but it's a quiet one. And they say, oh, well, it's, it's a peaceful revolution. No, it's not. Have you seen Chicago and Los Angeles? Have you seen San Francisco and the inner cities of Dallas? Have you seen how many policemen are being killed in Texas on a weekly basis? They're, they're, it, it seems almost like an epidemic. Have you seen the amount, what, nearly one million illegal immigrants coming into this country? Being bussed and flown secretly throughout into your cities. And then what will happen is they're going to give them amnesty. Now, look, do you realize who these people are? They're human beings. They're in God's image. They are. But they're Mayan Indians. Most of them, it's, it's the, right, Cuba purged in the uh, Mariano boat lifts. Remember that? They purged their prisons. They put their prisoners on a boat, sent them to the United States, and flooded the U.S. with people like uh, Al Pacino Scarface. Right? That's, that's where that came from. It really happened. That's what they did. But what's happening now through the uh, Golden Triangle? No, Mexico, Honduras, 
Guatemala, El Salvador, Nicaragua. They're taking their Indian, indigenous population. Right? You guys are getting all excited about, oh, American Indians on our mascots. Do you realize they are purging them from their land? Some of these people don't even speak Spanish very well. They speak Mayan. Imagine that. Now you're going to have to have a Mayan interpreter in, in your elementary school or at the Social Security office. I don't even know if it's a written language. Because a lot of these folks, listen, there are very wealthy people in, in Mexico, Honduras. It's a, it's a cosmopolitan place, Mexico City. Right? Very sophisticated and classy and educated. A lot of the same things are throughout Central America. But who's coming here? They are purging their indigenous population. Unskilled. Remember, God's image, decent human beings, but unskilled. It's going to take maybe two generations to get them to, to be a plus for the economy. Instead of us saying, no, 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 you're not allowed to, to get rid of your Indian population on us. Right? What would happen if Canada started sending all the Eskimos down this way? Right? Sorry, uh, all of the Eskimos or whatever, I don't know, whatever the politically correct name is today, you get the idea. Right? Native peoples or something. First Nations. And they start purging them and you start seeing Michigan flooded. And you're saying, what? What, what is Wisconsin? North Dakota? What is this? And then all of a sudden, you see the same people in Denver and Albuquerque. And you're saying, wait a second. Uh, I mean, they can come here if they want. Why are they being forced out? Because that's exactly what happens, right? I, I, I can either push or I can pull you. In both cases, you're going in the direction I want you to go. So when they're being pushed from Central and South America, what they're left with is just the predominantly European blood. If that's not politically correct, but the financial, total financial, not total ethnic. Well, listen, one of my degrees is in Latin American history, so I have a bit of an affinity to this. In fact, I love the Latin culture. I speak Spanish a little bit. Love the, been to most of the Central and South American countries. I don't know about most, maybe half, something like that. And the people are stunning. They're probably some of the warmest people. I've been uh, blessed to have traveled around the world. I've told you guys my dad worked for the airline. Well, I've traveled. You get to do that when your dad works for the airline. Not anymore. He's retired, of course. But this is the concept. You meet people. Some are amazingly wonderful. Some are not. I've been to some in, in Europe, in Northern Europe, where you weren't sure if you were shaking a hand or if it was a dead fish. I wasn't sure if I was looking at somebody in the eyes or, or being interrogated. I'm like, excuse me, I'm just here for a short bit trying to spend money. Is that all right? And then you go to places where they have so much less than some of these uh, northern European countries. And they treat you like, like they've known you their entire life. So what do we see? Well, the folks are going to need to eat. They need electricity. They need rent. Somebody has to pay this until they can get jobs. So they can learn the language. They have to assimilate. Yes, you do. When my family came from Lebanon in the 70s, they had to learn to assimilate. Nobody was going to give them a job. You think somebody in the San Fernando Valley or, or in uh, Ohio or in Arizona, in the Phoenix area, they, they were going to speak Arabic in 76, 78? <laughs> no. You better learn it or you're going to be poor forever. 
Just like if you were to go there, they're not going to change their entire electoral system so that you can learn to speak. You know, they, they're going to learn to speak your language. But along this journey, somebody has to pay for that. So a lot of you are receiving pensions. They're going to be taxed if they're not already at a really high level. I think they're going to start shifting. Here's just my prediction. So right now there's payroll tax on earned income. That means you go to work, you have a job. It's about 15.3% total, half from you, half from the employer. So you go to work, it's about 15%, right? Coming and going. State and federal, depends on your state. It's about that. All right. But now you receive your money from your 401k distributions, from your annuities, from Social Security, from your pension. None of that is called earned income. It's called unearned income. And as a greater percentage of Americans, about a third of them, I think soon to be half, as a greater percentage of Americans are going to be earning their money from unearned income, I think they're going to tax it differently. In fact, I think that's the only way to fix the system. But it's only... The best it can be is, is ever only 50%, right? President Trump tried it. He said, okay, we're going to lower taxes. What he didn't do was lower the spending because he couldn't control Congress and all their little special projects and, you know, a, a million dollars to watch a, a shrimp on a treadmill or something, right? <laughs> Remember those silly things? The mating habits of a hummingbird. So here's uh, $800,000 for the university of who knows what. You're like, look, guys, this is real money. Somebody had to earn that money. We could have fixed a bridge. We could have, you know, built a road, fixed the infrastructure. But instead, Congress and now this president are spending money in Green New Deal. What is that? You just made up. They want to collapse the system. No question about it. I think pensions are going to be next. According to Milliman, Milliman, it's a... Uh, organization that, that handles pension funding, reviews, studies, public pension funding rises to 82.6%. That's just a general number, the highest level for the index. That means some are lower, some are higher. But here's what they did. They chose the top 100 U.S. public pension systems. And it went from 79% to 82%. You know, changes every three months or so. It goes up or down. It's never been this high. But neither is the stock market. So surprise. Neither has real estate. Hey, surprise. But this engine is just about hitting the peak. And it's going to probably back off. I don't know when. That means the best we can get running full speed ahead is 82%. So here's what that means. Let's just call it 80% for the sake of numbers. If you're receiving a pension of $4,000 a month from your school district, your state pension, whatever. According to this study, there's only about 80 cents of the dollar that you can afford to spend. Meaning, I know they told you there's 4,000, but they can only afford to give you 3,200. They are borrowing the other 800 from China, from the American people, from the people that are coming, that, you know, the, the teachers that are 30, 40 years old now, the public employee workers that are 25, 30, 40 years now. They're, still, they're taking, right, called a Ponzi scheme, but we can't call it that where you take from the, the ones that are putting in to pay for the ones that have been in for a while. The funding ratio, although it is high, of course, that's nice. Ready for the deficit? About one t -t 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 
trillion. Rhymes with Tom. Rhymes with Trump. <laughs> one trillion dollars. There's one trillion dollars missing. That means they, they're supposed to pay you this minus one trillion and that's what they have. This is a big deal, guys. Because a trillion dollars doesn't come from air. Right now they're looking at somewhere around an annual return of, I don't know, 6%, 4.5 to 6 depending on where we are. You have to look at this from a standpoint of when they built this pension, they said if this many people still work, this many people still put money in, pay raises go up this much, which means we'll get a higher contribution. And the internal rate of return is at least, in their case, they usually choose 7 or 7.5%. Then we'll have enough money someday in the future. That's the problem. Right, when is that someday? Because just about when they get there and there's not enough to go on. 39 plans out of the 100 had ratios above 90%. Okay, well, that's, that's still stinky, but not bad. 17 are below 60 when you add all of them that are below, <laughs> oh my gosh, nearly more than half of them probably will never have enough money. And when you look at the ones that do have enough, it's only because like the LA City Department of Water and Power, they just raise rates on everybody and tell you tough luck. Right? I mean, what are they going to do? The amount of money in the pensions that the city of Los Angeles Department of Water and Power pays its employees, you have no idea. When secretaries make six figures a year, when they cannot even keep the lights on, <clears throat> when the rain comes, oh, the rain's coming, uh oh, a little wind, shut down the electricity. Gavin Newsom says, oh, we're going to have to have 30% of all the cars, uh, you know, by 2030, we need cars. Uh, every car has to be electric. Dude, you can't even keep the electricity on when the wind blows. You can't even keep electricity on. You, you start fires. So does that mean I can't drive my car? I can't drive my car. I can't buy a gas car. Gas is already 5 and $6 a gallon here in Los Angeles. Uh, okay, come on now, really? Where, where is that okay? San Francisco, yep, here in San Francisco, guys, yeah. Uh, six dollar, Nearly $6 a gallon. And you people just look at each other and go, oh, well, that's the way it goes, the price of progress. Why is it that Mississippi and Texas, not Arizona, because they, they phony up the numbers now a little bit, even Nevada for that matter, but the Midwest, right? There are places in California where they pull the oil out of the ground, they refine it down the street, literally down the street. Like you don't even get to 50 miles an hour if you're trying to drive. You got to, and we're back there and we're here. And then they put it in the gas station going the other direction. Same thing, a mile or two away. And they add $3, uh, two $3 tax for it. It's corrupt. And I told you before, I told you that San Francisco was corrupt and it was going to make California. And it did and it is. 
And then you turn around and you have the same people, Nancy Pelosi, Dianne Feinstein, Gavin Newsom, Kamala Harris. They're all from California. Their state is in shambles. There are homeless people everywhere. How are you going to protect your pension? When one of the ways the pension is funded is what's missing, right? The, the missing amount each year. It's a check written by the city or by the county or by the state. That means they have to write a check, which means they can't spend that money on current police or current uh, construction projects or roads or bridges. Nothing, nothing. Sorry. Healthcare. Nope. Money's gone. We had to put it in a pension. And here's my big concern because I'm seeing it now. I'm seeing it in my practice as a financial professional for 25 years We just hit 25 years in June as a financial professional for 25 years. And for nearly 10 years prior to that, I was an investor and a trader. So I've been doing this for a long time. just means I'm old. Right. I I look at this and in the middle of that, I had a career as a police officer. So I saw the the non-statistic, non-hooty-tooty side of things like the real life people that were struggling, trying to get by in the recession in the early 90s. I remember that it was not easy. And in this whole period, this whole process, what do I see that that I think is the biggest issue? It's very simple. Most of you are afraid to hurt somebody's feelings. You just are. That's why you apologize for offending somebody when you didn't even know who they were. If you say the truth, you say it in love. You say the facts, you say it in love. Don't be a jerk. I don't mean that. And if somebody goes, I'm offended, I go, well, well, listen, there's six people in the room. One of you is offended. It's probably a you problem, not a me problem. You running around learning how to adapt when people hurt your feelings, is you have to figure it out. That's called, you know, mental health 101. But thinking that everybody is supposed to be little robots and look and act and be and everything is in the same and in the center and how dare you think differently, let alone say or do things differently. Now your kids can tell on you. And those of you that have, you know, the Google and the Alexa in your house, you understand it records 100% of everything you say. It has to always be listening because it has to listen for the time you say the little code word. Hey, Alexa or Google. Hey, Google. Whatever. It has to be listening 100% of the time. Those of you that have Siri on your Apple phones, it has to be listening 100% of the time. And do you think those things just disappear? They go they go in the air? You're going to tr- trust Jeff Bezos? By the way, did you get your thank you card for buying from Amazon so he could fly? He could go into space? He wants to send... How tone deaf? Right? I, I mean, how, how do you not even understand? That, that goes to show you how far out of reality and what bubble that these people live in. Police problem? What police problem? My security detail carries Uzis. Police problem? What What, what police? I'm very well protected. I don't understand. There's no defund anything. Says Nancy Pelosi, I have a whole team of Capitol Police whose job is just to take care of me and my family. And when I fly in the private plane, by the way, I don't have to worry about anything. I think there's going to be problems with the pension plans. There just isn't enough money. It's not a It's not a secret. Right. I think there just isn't enough money. You have to figure this out right now. What's owed to the pension plans is somewhere around 
five point. Uh, I don't know, maybe somewhere in the neighborhood of six trillion dollars. Trying to do the math real quick. Six T trillion. And here's where I think the problem is going to be. How many of you are receiving a pension? Listen, if you are, I'm happy for you. You should be embarrassed. You gave up something to get something, and and this is the deal, and the payoff is now. Nothing wrong with that. I think that's honorable. But here's the problem. They didn't expect you to live this long. (laughs) You should have died at 66, like the plan says. I can see one of those Tom Cruise movies where somebody comes to your house, excuse me, your pension plan is about ready to expire, but wait, 10 more minutes. Yes, sir, but just don't cash the check, and we'll be back. That'd be fun to see that. <laughs> here's where here's where the biggest issue is going to be, especially with social media. And people are living longer and they're healthier. So you're going to have a 64-year-old educator. She's in great physical shape, happy. She's in Fiji. She's posting on her social media pages. Hey, everybody, look at me. Hey, I'm, I'm scuba diving. Hey, listen, I'm with you know swimming with the sharks. Hey, having a great time. Laying on this beach in Bali. Look, nobody here, nobody there, just me by myself. Me and my significant other, whatever. You're going to get it in between breaks. Right? Your husband or your wife left you with two or three children. You're a single parent. You're an educator. And they just sent you a memo that you're going to have to increase your pension contribution because there isn't enough money. And you're saying, wait a second. You mean I'm going to work every day so that she can stay in Fiji? Yep. You mean I'm going to work every day so that police officer who retired with $2 million between him and his wife in their retirement accounts and a pension of, ready for this, dollars $17,000 a month. And they, they retire at 55, 50, 52, 56, meaning they're going to live 30 or 40 years. Add cost of living increases. That'll double twice, meaning 15 will become 30, 30 will become 60000 a month. You understand somebody's going to have to pay for that. And I'm not saying they should stop it. Or I'm saying, listen, do the math. Fix it. There's a way to fix it. If Larry Elder becomes governor of the state of California, that's probably the last chance we have to fix this mess. You get a better district attorney in, in Los Angeles, get rid of uh, Gascon. Very simple, because he and the other George Soros-funded DAs across this country need to be eliminated from their positions. Done by move on. I worked with Gascon when he was a police officer. Because he was, he was a police officer. I think he retired as a lieutenant, if I remember right. But we worked together 30 years ago. He didn't have respect from, the, from his uh, co-workers back then. He didn't have a backbone or a spine. He never stood up for what was right. He stood up for what was popular. So all of us knew that, but he didn't have any power. right? Like the, like the fast food restaurant employee, they're a jerk. They can only deal with you across the counter. They don't have a whole lot of power. Oh, make them a shift leader. Now they have a little bit more power. Make them a branch man- uh, you know, manager. Oh, wait. Take a, a guy that's a bully or a dummy, make him a police officer. Now he has a bit more power. Now make them a sergeant or lieutenant or chief of police. Oh, surprise. Surprise. I think we have to figure out what's going to happen by making it happen. 
I think you guys are going to have to stand up. I'm sorry. This isn't designed to just be, a, well, you know, our charts and graphs, when we use percentages, and if you look at the pie chart, we have a No, no, no. This is the real life. Your financial life is going to be changed. The pension plan's very simple. You have to reform them. It doesn't mean you take money from the retiree. It means you have to make changes. It's not difficult to do, you guys. It just takes courage. And until somebody has courage, look, it's the same thing with Social Security. The moment either side, either political party or any newcomer in politics comes along and says, we're going to have to change Social Security. We're going to have to fix Social Security. You hate old people. You hate old people. Push granny off a cliff. You hate old people. You want to kill them. Oh, wait. No, what? No, uh, Never mind. Social Security is fine. And then it's still slated to run out of money in 2032, I think, was the last number. The sooner we start making changes, the less painful these changes will be. And I think you're the, you're the person because you care. You're informed. Run for school board. Yes. Run for city council. Yes. Block the progressives. Don't give them an inch. Don't let them ban straws or, or plastic bags. Talk about, oh, it's for the, chil- for the children, for old people and children. That's what they're going to do. They're going to do that, make you feel bad, and you'll give a little bit. And then they, get their, they work their way in. It's like a little weasel. They work their way in and their progressive agenda and then they start calling you names for calling them names. You're like, I didn't call you a name. Yeah, you did. You called me a male. Well, I just, I just thought you, you were a male. Stand up, guys. 888 retire I'm Eric Hallaby. I hope I can help you. Give me a call if I can. 888 retire There's a few things we can do. Maybe sometimes, sometimes there's shows are a little bit more serious than others. Step out. Give me a call. Arif Halaby, the Total Financial Hour. Have a great day. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Halaby. Learn about financial power, the total financial